Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Corona outbreak on Symphony of the Seas after Caribbean cruise. Jamaican firm with petrochemical experience win St. Croix Lime Tree Bay auction. Barbados Prime Minister Motley signs new United Nations framework. 47 million U.S. dollars for development projects under 10th cycle of Caribbean Development Bank's Basic Need Trust Fund. Puerto Rico plans to combat corruption with blockchain. Justin Sun nominated as World Trade Organization Ambassador for Grenada. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, December 20th. We start our report today with a look at an outbreak on a Caribbean cruise. St. Kitts and Nevis Observer reports that nearly 50 people on board the Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas cruise ship tested positive for COVID-19. The cruise ship line confirmed that out of 6,074 passengers and crew members, 48 tested positive for coronavirus infections after the cruise ended in Miami, Florida on Saturday. Lyanne Sierra Caro, Director of Public Relations at Royal Caribbean International, said that the cruise ship had also informed passengers that a passenger had tested positive for the Omicron variant. Before boarding the ship, passengers who were age 12 and above were required to be fully vaccinated and test negative for COVID-19. Children who were not eligible for COVID-19 vaccines were required to test negative for the coronavirus infection before they were allowed to board. Ms. Sierra Caro said that those infected were identified through contact tracing after one guest tested positive and was quarantined. Everyone who tested positive is asymptomatic and we continually monitor their health, she said. Symphony of the Seas cruise ship was on a seven-night Caribbean itinerary and left Miami on December 11th and visited St. Martin, St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands, Coco Key which is the cruise line's private island in the Bahamas. The Virgin Islands Free Press reports that an offer of $62 million won the shuttered Lime Tree Bay refinery on St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands for Jamaica-based West Indies Petroleum after two days of escalating bidding that began on Friday. The auction took place in U.S. Bankruptcy Court for the Southern District of Texas and was presided over by Judge David Jones. West Indies Petroleum now has until January 21, 2022 to close the deal. If the company is unable to, St. Croix Energy will be the default winner of the auction. The outcome of the two-company bidding war was a stark reversal of fortune for St. Croix Energy, which thought that it had won the auction for the refinery on November 18. However, Judge Jones approved a motion filed by Lime Tree Bay Refinery to reopen the auction to a new bidder. At the Lime Tree Bay, attorney Elizabeth Green explained to the judge that West Indies Petroleum, a firm which specializes in bunker services and oil storage, was originally part of the auction, but its chief executive had fallen ill and needed emergency attention in the days before the auction was set to take place, and that prevented the company from proceeding at the time. At the time, the motion was reopened 
West Indies Petroleum was offering $30 million cash up front, which was more than St. Croix Energy's $20 million in cash up front. St. Croix Energy's final bid was $57 million in cash on Saturday evening, but it was not enough. West Indies Petroleum countered at $62 million, which forced St. Croix Energy to drop out of the competition. U.S. Virgin Islands Governor Albert Bryan said whomever wins will be aided in their effort to get a permit. The government has already begun the work in paving a road to a safe restart with the EPA, the governor said. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency spoke on neutrality during the December 6 motion to reopen the hearing, pointing to West Indies Petroleum's clean break plan that would see it seeking a new agreement with the U.S. EPA for restart of the refinery, a process that could take up to 24 months or more. Barbados Today reports that Barbados has signed the new United Nations Multi-Country Sustainable Development Corporation Framework for the English and Dutch-speaking Caribbean, which will cover the period of 2022 to 2026. Barbados Prime Minister Mia Motley and United Nations Resident Coordinator Didier Dibouk signed the document on Friday during a brief hybrid ceremony. And Motley underscored the importance of the framework, saying that having a common agenda was absolutely critical to saving the world and putting it on the right path. The prime minister continued, we are here not to be bureaucratic, not to be esoteric, but in fact to go to the heart of what we are facing as developing nations and small island developing states and put in place the mechanisms. We recognize that one of the deficiencies of small island developing states is the absence of capacity because it is the same people who are fighting the battles on all these fronts who have to craft the policies with respect to dealing and fighting inequity. I hope, therefore, that the actions of our government will send the message that there are more and more of us who want to see the common agenda implemented, she stressed. The United Nations resident coordinator said that the signing of the framework was timely and an immediate step would be to operationalize the commitments through the preparation of a two-year country implementation plan for Barbados. He explained that this would translate to broad commitments of the corporation framework into a tailored and actionable plan for implementation that would bring together the entire UN system as one behind this ambition. He continued, after years of consultations, we have arrived at a point where there is a clear roadmap for how the UN will support Caribbean countries and Barbados to achieve two urgent priorities, accelerated progress towards the attainment of sustainable development goals and facilitate faster recovery from the socioeconomic impact of COVID-19. This new corporation framework provides a renewed focus from the UN to step up our efforts to partner with all Caribbean small island developing states. We have identified jointly four priority areas which are critical for achieving resilient, sustainable development in the Caribbean. The UN resident coordinator listed the priorities as including increased support to the economic resilience agenda, 
intensifying efforts to ensure no one is left behind in the quest to transform economies and improve the well-being of citizens, and a strong commitment to enhancing national capacity for gender-responsive disaster risk reduction and climate change adaptation and mitigation. In a press release issued over the weekend, the Caribbean Development Bank provided an update on one of the Caribbean's longest-running poverty reduction programs, the Caribbean Development Bank's Basic Need Trust Fund. The Caribbean Development Bank launched its Basic Need Trust Fund 10 cycle with over 47 million committed to support projects in nine countries across the region. Already 123 sub-projects are in the pipeline for this cycle of the Basic Need Trust Fund, which will run until December 31, 2024. Contributors to the Caribbean Development Bank's Special Development Fund, which funds the Basic Need Trust Fund, approved 40 million with the remainder coming from the participating countries, Belize, Dominica, Grenada, Guyana, Jamaica, Montserrat, St. Lucia, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and Suriname. Speaking at the launch, President of the Bank, Dr. Jean Leon, urged development actors in the region, including at the bank, to explore how development programs like the Basic Need Trust Fund can be expanded and retrofitted to meet the changing needs of the region, pointing specifically to issues of climate change and resilience and how they affect the Caribbean. He noted that the metrics used for allocation and assessing impact may need to take other factors into account. In his remarks, Grenada's Minister of Finance, Economic and Physical Development and Energy, the Honorable Gregory Bowen, noted that the Basic Need Trust Fund had been there for countries of the region during difficult times of structural adjustment, and the launch of the 10th cycle was welcome and timely, coming during the economic difficulties of the COVID-19 pandemic. The continuance of the Basic Need Trust Fund program during the difficult period periods of structural adjustments, fiscal restraints, and weak growth continues during the COVID-19 pandemic and natural disasters as our OECS economies struggle and adjust to the fallout of the reduction of revenues and the ability to provide basic needs and services to the people. The fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic is increasing poverty levels and worsening living conditions, particularly for the poor in our region, where the pre-COVID average poverty levels were between 18 and 30 percent. This is to say the Basic Need Trust Fund Cycle 10 is timely and an opportunity for addressing poverty in our territories. The Basic Need Trust Fund program has played and continues to play a significant role in narrowing the social sector funding gaps, the minister said. Coin Greek reports that Puerto Rico government recently showed interest in using blockchain technology to combat corruption. Puerto Rico House Speaker Rafael 
Hernandez confirmed that lawmakers plan to meet with local blockchain experts this month to create smart contracts that aim to bring more transparency and accountability to the sector. In these meetings, they will discuss how to adopt blockchain technology for anti-corruption purposes. According to Bloomberg, Hernandez spoke about the recent development on anti-corruption at a blockchain trade association conference. Hernandez said implementing blockchain and smart contracts could bring more transparency and accountability to the private sector. We have a real credibility problem, he explained, and this might be part of the solution, he added. More countries are combating anti-corruption with the use of blockchain technology. The United Nations Drug and Crimes Agency has advised the Kenyan government to utilize blockchain for anti-corruption purposes. David Robinson, the regional anti-corruption advisor for the United Nations Office of Drugs and Crime, said that technologies like blockchain would help Kenya prevent the loss of billions to corrupt practices and crimes in the country. Grenada now reports that the government of Grenada has announced a nomination of Yushen Justin's son to be its new ambassador and permanent representative to the World Trade Organization in Geneva. Once the nomination is accepted by the World Trade Organization, Justin Sun will be authorized and empowered to represent the government of Grenada at meetings of the World Trade Organization. Justin Sun a leading figure in the crypto and blockchain sphere, is best known as the founder of Tron, one of the world's largest and most popular blockchain platforms. Grenada is a key member of the Caribbean community CARICOM, the CARICOM Single Market and Economy, and the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States, the OECS. With the appointment of Sun as Grenada's ambassador to the World Trade Organization, the government of Grenada expects him to use his contacts to promote trade, investment, and development opportunities for the country. NPR reports that $1 billion from the U.S. bipartisan infrastructure law signed by U.S. President Joseph Biden last month will go towards clearing out the Superfund backlog in 23 states and Puerto Rico, the Environmental Protection Agency says. Superfund sites are places where hazardous waste is dumped, including manufacturing facilities, processing plants, landfills, and mining sites. When no company is held liable for the cleanup or the company can't afford it. The government funds the cleanup process. Thousands of Superfund sites exist across the country, and this investment will help clean up 49 of them that have previously been unfunded, the EPA said on Friday. EPA Administrator Michael Reagan also noted that the backlog and delay in handling Superfund sites disproportionately affects minorities among blacks and Hispanic communities. One in four people live within three miles of a Superfund site. 
Approximately 60% of the sites to receive funding for new cleanup projects are in historically underserved communities, communities living near many of the most serious uncontrolled or abandoned releases of contamination will finally get the protections they deserve, Reagan said. The initial $1 billion investment is just a start. A total of $3.5 billion was set aside in the infrastructure package to clean up Superfund sites. The EPA says it's working to disseminate funding and get construction work started as soon as possible. St. Lucia Time reports that Caribbean Community CARICOM Secretary General Dr. Carla Barnett has bemoaned the pace of vaccine acceptance in the region, even as she said the process of assessing vaccines for member states has become one of the most coordinated and harmonized efforts in the pandemic. Briefing the regional meeting on December 14th in the first press briefing since her assumption of the position of Secretary General in August 2021, Dr. Barnett said the community is focused on acquiring sufficient vaccines to save lives and provide protection to allow the revival of economic activity. While she reiterated the concern that global vaccine supplies have been inequitable, she acknowledged that the contributions of the governments of India, the United Kingdom, the United States and Canada, as well as the COVAX facility and the African Medical Supplies Platform to the significant supplies of vaccine in the community. Heads of government, the Caribbean Public Health Agency, CARFA, and the CARICOM Secretariat continue to work tirelessly to maintain an adequate supply of doses of vaccines. However, the Secretary General said we have not been successful in persuading our citizens to be vaccinated as to reduce the rate and severity of infections and deaths, as well as the stress on our health systems and personnel. Since March 2020, when the COVID-19 virus was discovered in the region, 1,952,985 people have been infected as of December 15th, and 24,898 deaths have been recorded. Grenada now reports that Grenada is in a very favorable position in its response against COVID-19. Honorable Peter David, who accepted the recent batch of Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines from the U.S. government on behalf of Grenada, described the initiative as a clear indication of the healthy relationship the country currently shares with the U.S. government. The donation of almost 100,000 vaccinations to the people of Grenada is not simply a gesture, but a clear way of the United States helping us with our economic development. David spoke during the handover ceremony at the Morris Bishop International Airport. Earlier in the year, almost 30,000 vaccines were donated, and a donation on December 15th was approximately 70,000. Because of the donation, Grenada can now vaccinate all of the remaining eligible citizens and give booster shots with the Pfizer vaccines. 
Antigua Newsroom reports that the government of Antigua and Barbuda is thanking the People's Republic of China for the donation of NCOV PCR test kits and swabs. The items were presented to the Health Minister Malwin Joseph on December 17th by the Ambassador Extraordinaire of the People's Republic of China to Antigua and Barbuda, Zhang Yanling. These items will be used in the fight against COVID-19. In addition, the ambassador also gifted the ministry with financial assistance, which will aid Antigua and Barbuda in being able to place more focus on mental health. Jamaica Loop News reports that the United Nations Cultural Agency on December 16th placed a traditional Haitian soup widely seen as a symbol of the nation's independence on its prize intangible cultural heritage list. Jumo soup is so much more than just a dish, said Audrey Azule, Director General of UNESCO. It tells the story of the heroes and heroines of Haitian independence, their struggles for human rights, and their hard-won freedom. The squash-based soup became a symbol of things forbidden to slaves under French domination until Haiti gained independence on January 1, 1804, as the first nation created by insurgent black slaves. They celebrated their freedom by finally consuming the soup, and Haitians traditionally serve it on New Year's Day to commemorate the anniversary of liberation from slavery. UNESCO said its Intangible Cultural Heritage Committee awarded Jumo Soup protected status at its meeting last week. The intangible heritage list aims to improve the visibility of traditions and know-how of communities around the world, ranging from Arabic calligraphy to Italian truffle hunting. Other Caribbean traditions honored include Jamaica's reggae music recognized in 2018 because it represents a vehicle of social commentary. And finally, the Virgin Islands Free Press reports that St. John, U.S. Virgin Islands, has been named one of the world's 50 best places to travel in 2022 by the U.S.-based online travel guide Travel Lemming, placing eight in its annual list of the world's emerging destinations. In describing why St. John was selected, Travel Lemming called it a tropical postcard and that the U.S. Virgin Islands are open for business with minimal hassle for entry to U.S. citizens, a commodity sparingly found in the Caribbean these days. The list was selected by Travel Lemming's team of 15 travel writers and editors with a particular focus on elevating underrated and unsung destinations that the editorial team believes deserves more attention. Puerto Rico made the list three times. Aguada was listed as number five, while Uturo and Guanica came in 18th and 40th. Queretaro, Mexico was named the top emerging destination. Where we travel matters, and there are many more deserving destinations that most people realize even exist, said Travel Lemming founder Nate Hake. 
Our hope with publishing this list is to bring attention to places that are especially deserving of your dollars as the global travel industry rebuilds. The Lemming Travel full list of 50 emerging places to travel can be found online at travellemming.com. Places to travel. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, December 20th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.